G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always mindful that the local church is God's idea and we are turning our attention today to these changing times and the implications of the season that we're in and what it means for Christian believers, for churches and the way leaders need to adapt to changing times. We've recently referred to the idea and it's a biblical idea that there is a shaking and that can mean different things to some Christians. For lots of believers The shaking has meant, well, we're going to go into hibernation, keeping our heads down, waiting for tough times to end. And perhaps that's the story for some churches. Others have found ways to blame their church or their pastor for problems that they're having and that the society is having, things that are beyond their control. And for many, the opposite is true. The idea that you recognize that the season is changing, that believers are being led to spend time listening for what God may be saying and to make a strategy for a new season. That's the direction I think we'll be going today as we talk with our special guest who's been actively working with hundreds of Christian leaders around the world thinking through the implications of a new season. The effects of COVID, the political turmoil, the relationship stresses, both at home and around the world, these create challenges at work, at home, in the church and for nations around the globe. Our special guest today, Michael Murphy, leads a ministry called The Leaderscape. He has a leadership role too with Alpha Crucis College and the Australian Christian Churches. His aim is to help believers and Christian leaders get back their momentum. That's where our conversation will go today. And Michael Murphy, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you and thanks for having me. Hey, Michael, let's just quickly talk about your history. You've been doing ministry things for a long, long time now. Uh, Initially, right back to those early days of Hillsong Church with Brian Houston. Give us a little account of those things you've been doing over these decades. Yeah, we've been uh, been doing it for 37 years or so. Um, we are officially uh, old. Um, and uh, it's true that we did start way back. In fact, I, I tell people I was a first-generation Christian and I, I kind of feel like I was born again with a spiritual silver spoon in my mouth, the mm. only pastor I've really ever known was Pastor Brian Houston. And uh, he was speaking, in fact, the night that I came to Christ and uh, from a pretty wild background. And I just grabbed his coattails. That was the story. And, and we, my wife, I met my wife at, uh, at the what is now Hillsong, one of Hillsong City campuses. And uh, we got married. Um, we moved out with Brian and Bobby about six months after and it was just only two months after Hillsong started, and uh, and the rest is history, as they say. 
And then you were out pastoring your own church, uh, the Shire Live Church in Sydney. Give us a little account of what happened there. Yeah, we were, uh, you know, as um, having that heritage with uh, under Pastor Brian, I really felt that one of the loudest uh, scriptures that God had spoken to me from um, regarding that was Luke chapter 12, which says to those who much has been given, much is required. And so we uh, get, were given the opportunity to take over as the uh, lead pastors of Sh- uh, what was called Sutherland Christian Growth Centre at the time. It soon became Shire Live and now is Horizon Church. Uh, we had the honestly the absolute honour of loving and leading that congregation the best we could for 18 years. And then seven years ago, God tapped us on the shoulder with another assignment. And we'll talk about that too, this other assignment. But for listeners, and because we're talking about change, we're talking about momentum today, I just wanted to cover those things with Michael because he's been, as he says, uh, you know, catching a hold of the coattails of Brian Houston in the starting of the Hillsong Church. So you've been on that trajectory, that huge growth uh, to be what is Australia's largest individual church, the Hillsong Church in Sydney, and of course uh, the Shire Live Church that you yourself were leading. And now you've stepped back from that church leadership role, and in a sense you're more influential than ever, Michael, because uh, you're working with people all around the world, leaders all around the world, encouraging them, building them, discipling them, and helping them to keep momentum where things might have slowed down. Give us a little insight here into your leaderscape ministry well when we um, when we concluded or starting to conclude with Shire Live um, we did so because God had tapped us on the shoulder with this uh, new assignment um, and uh, we we consider it an absolute honor and privilege to, to serve God's generals um, one of the things we noticed, if you look statistically at what's going on, uh, George Barner and others have done a lot of research into this. Something between 65 and 80% of uh, churches, Neil, are either flatlined or decreasing in number. And though I'm careful to uh, qualify that, to say that you know numbers aren't uh, everything, um, because God loves people, every number is a person. And so in one sense, there is a significance about that. We, we can be working, as I am this week, I'm working with a church of 13,000 members, uh, pre-COVID of course, um, on Friday morning from Atlanta, Georgia. And I just got off the phone a little while ago from a, a guy in New Zealand who's pastoring 50 people. So, um, you know, we, we love churches and pastors that are leading churches of all sizes. Um, and we realize that if we could help them um, not taking the Holy Spirit's role. We understand that it's God that brings the increase. We understand that uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. But we also understand that he's given entrusted leaders with a responsibility to, um, to, to grow disciples, to make disciples who make disciples. And so in a nutshell, um, we have the, the honor of helping to catalyze fresh momentum with uh, some of God's generals in churches of all sizes all over the world. That's the, that's that's it in a nutshell. And for those who might be listening into our conversation today, Michael, saying, well, I'm not the leader of the church. Maybe this is not a conversation that's directed to me. 
And uh, I suspect that people who are a part of local churches, uh, when we're all in this together, we all can benefit from being on the same page as to where our leaders ought to be evolving and developing and making those changes that are going to adjust us for a new season. What are your thoughts for people who are who are sitting in the church and or at least getting church into their living room as there's different people listening all over the country, but, but for ordinary people who are not necessarily the leaders of the church, where are they fitting into our conversation today? Oh, they're they're central to it, Neil. And and I'll take a bit of a risk here because your 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 listeners uh, obviously won't know me well at all. Um, and I can assure uh, you that our heart is to see every single one of uh, of God's kids really thriving um, in the in the giftedness and the vision that God planted deep in their hearts right at the outset. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I, imagine a church where every one of the of the congregation uh, grabs a hold of the mission of the kingdom of God, where every one is is allowing the Holy Spirit to 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 give increasing freedom from the inside out, um, and that they move forward uh, as as the army that, that that God's word says that we are, um, supporting their leaders. Um, Nothing can stop that kind of church. And I, I, I kind of think that that's something that Jesus always had in mind. COVID or no COVID, the mission and the mandate of the kingdom of God actually doesn't change. Michael, give us your gut feeling here, because I don't know that there's specific research that will show uh, churches in Australia there are clearly going to be some that are continuing to grow. and uh, But you use that word flatlined, or you talk about churches that are decreasing yep. in number. I wonder whether you've got a, a gut feeling as to where most churches might be around this time. Um, I mean, I think this time is like no other. Certainly, you know, they're calling it a 100-year event, Neil. So... Um, you know, I don't think any of us that are alive today have ever experienced something quite like this. People r- relate back to the Spanish flu and SARS and um, some of the other horrible uh, circumstances that um, that have confronted humanity. Um, but I, th- there's certainly nothing in recent history that has resulted in the shutdowns and lock-ins and quarantines and so forth that we've experienced here. And inevitably, like like every organization, the church has really, really felt that. Um, I think, you know, some of my heroes are the church pastors, um, though they're maybe not always seen that way, of the congregation members, the listeners uh, that are listening in here today. Because think about this for a moment. If you've been doing anything for any length of time, in this case, the church has been similar shape and, and, uh, and methodology for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. And in the space of three days, you're told you cannot meet as a congregation. And so your pastors and some wonderful leaders have pivoted your church in order to provide an online feed of the Word of God and a bit of worship and a bit of sense of community. Um, and, uh, And so it's that background that that we that we that I can answer that question. Um, if I just identify these events, first of all, uh, in Australia we had um, bushfires and drought, and then we had COVID, and then we had 
Um, we had, uh, you know, even in our own nation, some of the racial tensions that uh, not only spilled over from the US, but that we um, are confronting here in Australia. Um, and then uh, there's the media, and then there's the fears of everyday people. So really, uh, it's been a, a really challenging time. And I think that those global statistics of 65 to 80% either flatlined or moving backwards, I'd say that would be in the main exacerbated through this situation right now. Um, when I say some churches are growing, it would be my experience that probably under 10 or 20%, that would be their experience. For many others, um, that they are, they're trying to get a handle on exactly what is going on through this uh, challenging time. So I imagine that our conversation today will probably come around this idea that the ideal of the church is to be growing and flourishing, even when there are tough times. So when there has been a hit, when there's been a change that's happened with COVID and it's brought churches to a place where either, as you say, flatlining, decreasing in numbers, you want to change the momentum to get churches back on track and continuing to flourish. And that's a team effort, not only from the pastor, the minister at the top, but for everybody else who's part of the congregation. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't... I couldn't uh Amen that enough, honestly. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, if I, can, if I can draw on, and we do a lot of work in the US, um, I think maybe the acrimony and the division is maybe exacerbated um, in America right now. Uh, state to state, the election, um, some of the really challenging racial tensions that they've, uh, they've gone through, you know, based upon... A, a big history of uh, of racial injustice. Um, there's a whole lot of anxiety, and then and then there's the whole COVID um, emotional thing, and maybe we could talk about that in in a little while. But just this, it's like a powder keg. It's like a it's like a tinderbox waiting for a spark, and and really many of the people in the centre of that have been pastors and leaders. You know, many of my pastor friends have read me emails, like really, really nasty emails from people who would say, um, Pastor, I can't believe we haven't gone back on site yet. Um, you know, we are people of faith. And then the next email I'll get, or maybe the, not the next, that might be exaggeration, but they'll get another email that says, Pastor, I've got a vulnerable mum and she's 87. And how could we even think about going back? And this is from the same group of people that worship together. And so that requires a fair bit of uh, of, of uh, intuition, the, 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 the wisdom of Solomon, if you like, to, to handle that situation. So yes, I, I, I couldn't pitch hard enough for a unified front um, for those congregation members that um, can appreciate what it, what, it, what it means to be leading a congregation at a time like this and maybe to fall in alongside, behind, uh, let, let the, 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 the temptation to criticize and, uh, and run down and maybe be over-opinionated, maybe, maybe allow that to shift to one of encouragement and honor and edification so that we can move forward uh, together. Helping people look to God daily. Please consider how you'll respond during Visionathon, coming in the middle week of November. 
Our special guest this hour is Michael Murphy. He leads a ministry called The Leaderscape. We're talking about how to get momentum back if your local church is languishing a little right now. And as we say, not every local church is languishing. Some are doing well, some are growing. But there are others that are struggling right now. And I think uh, we were getting a gut feeling uh, from our guest who says somewhere in the vicinity, perhaps even 80%, maybe at a point where they need some extra momentum. Before we take a call or two on 1-800-316-316, talkback line open, Michael, let me just ask you about some of the significant things around the crisis crisis that the church faces because I suspect some people might be underestimating what has happened and what will happen with their local church and what's happening with churches in general. Any thoughts about this idea of having a a better attitude so far as estimating just how serious the crisis is? Uh, Absolutely. I I think that, um, you know, the Apostle John in writing the letters uh, that he wrote um, in 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you'd be, you'd prosper and be in good health, in all, prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers. And I think when our soul is assaulted and whether that's through, um, you know, social distancing or uh, lockdown um, or just handling the barrage of fear, it has implications in so many areas. Um, you know, it would be tone deaf to just be triumphalist and say, let's move onward and upward um, when people are hurting right now. Um, people, are fe- people are fearful, you know. I've got elderly parents myself. Uh, Dad's 91, Mum's 86. And to say that I don't pray for them every day and at times am concerned about them. Uh, um, there's the economic implications. Um, there's the political implications. There's the rawness of feeling um, and the anger that seems to be escalating online. Um, there's some of the privacy issues with, uh, you know, the escalation of, of, uh, of surveillance. There's um, uh, so many things. And, and I think us as believers, it really does come back to how we position our soul. And I, I don't want to sound super spiritual about that, Neil, but it, when, when, our, when our heart and our identity is rooted in Christ, um, it's not that all of those concerns or challenges go away, but I think what that does, it certainly contextualizes them. And really, that's where it starts. The health of a, the, the health of a, of a thriving church comes out of the health of the souls of the leader and of the leadership team and ultimately the congregation of that church. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Diane in Melbourne today. Hello, Diane. Welcome along. Oh, hello, Neil. Uh, it's lovely that I can have the opportunity of, of uh, speaking, and uh, it's been great listening this morning as I prepare lunch. Um, yeah, it, it's. I just sort of think on Sunday, and it's been a privilege that we've been even able to have uh, we haven't gone to a church service as in the church, but we listen on my mobile, uh, which it is not very old. <laughs> it's only yep. 12 months old. Mm. Uh, but it was really about when Paul was in the Philippines, the, the, the Philippians, and our pastor was preaching and talking about, my God will supply all our needs. So it's really being... Uh, 
thinking of the promises that he gives to us and recognising that our pastor, we are to acknowledge and be thankful that our pastor is coming through with such knowledge and uh, such a wonderful message that we are privileged to hear. So for anyone to... to, uh, to criticise pastors in a way where they're doing, they're men just like you and I, and yet they're doing above and above everything that they possibly can to keep their their people. Uh, Diane, wonderful to hear those thoughts and this idea of honouring your pastor and recognising that the pastor is... You know, in this sense where Diane has recognised her heart pastor has been waiting on God and coming with the sort of message that is going to be an encouragement to the body of believers. Uh, your thoughts here, Michael, for Diane. Diane, first of all, being uh, from Melbourne, uh, our hearts have gone out to you all um, as that spike has happened. Um, and I just want to say, I think that you sound like the kind of congregation member that every pastor would love, uh, where you do understand that he's not he, your pastor... Is not perfect, uh, but they no. they they do wait on God. They do bring the Word of God uh, to you, and um, and and I, I just I love the fact that you appreciate that, um, and yeah. and the fact is that in in the book of Philippians, Paul, it's a really it's a really up joy filled book actually. Um, that yeah. that that is an unqualified promise. Um, God does promise to supply uh, all of all of our needs. And and uh, even even during, is no exception except during COVID. No, um, and that doesn't mean it's penny in the slot. It doesn't mean that uh, you know today it will all be sorted out and you won't experience any um, shortcomings or or, or, or hardship. Um, but nonetheless, it's a beautiful promise, and and you're a blessed lady to have a pastor bringing truth from God's word in that area. Diane, thank you so much for your call. Let's take some more and 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Wendy's on the line from Lismore in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy, welcome. Hello, Neil. Hi, Wendy. What are your thoughts today? Well, I just wanted to let you know that um, our church in Lismore has actually done way better since COVID and I'm my husband and I are very happy about the changes that have happened. Wow. It was a good church before COVID. They did a lousy job during um, the times that we had to do online because they weren't very good in that area, but we didn't abandon them at that time. And since we've come back, it's just been so wonderful to know that the, part, the senior pastor and the, uh, and the team have done a whole lot of different things now. Like, for example, instead of sitting in in pews or chairs like we used to before in rows, now we're sitting around little tables and we get to have discussion time. We, they stop every now and then for a discussion. We can have tea and coffee at our table if we want. And we have paper and pen if we want to write questions or answers. And the microphone goes around for anyone that has anything to, to say about anything as well. It's just been so user-friendly since... COVID, so it's been a wonderful thing for us and we really enjoy it now. Wendy, wonderful to be able to hear that. And, uh, you know, when COVID comes along and you've got to do social distancing and your church is able to adapt to ways that actually enhance your opportunity to perhaps not sit beside each other but look each other in the eye, those sorts of things make a huge difference. Michael, what are your thoughts for Wendy? 
Well, I think that, thank you so much, Wendy, and Lismore is a beautiful part of the world, indeed. Uh, my, my sister, actually, one of my sisters lives up in Ballina, but I've got five sisters, so I've got a sister living in most places in Australia, <laughs> it seems. But uh, um, So, yeah, no, I, I just think that when crisis hits, and really, it, it has been somewhat of a crisis, it's, it's the, it's the uh, catalyst for, for change and innovation. And I think that uh, one of the things I love as well is listening to stories like that um, where, where leaders of churches and their teams have, this has actually helped them to go, okay, maybe we pin too much hope in the methods that we were using. Let's, let's, let's look at the mission of Jesus and the mandate from heaven and work out how we outwork that. And I think, I think maybe churches wouldn't have been motivated or as motivated to make the kind of changes that, that you're mentioning and honestly that I'm hearing scores of every week. Um, and that thrills my heart because I think it's, it is all about uh, building community. It is all about reaching those that are yet to have a, uh, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we can do things differently in order to facilitate that, um, I think that really does place the church in a, play, a position of greater strength. Uh, Wendy, absolutely thrilled to hear your church is one of those that is flourishing right now. And uh, God's richest blessing on you as you continue to support your local church and the good churches and the work that they're doing in the town of Lismore. Uh, Wendy, thanks so much for your call today here on 2020. Almost news time. And I wonder, just a quick comment here, Michael, because... Uh, we can be very resistant to change, and it's almost like a natural part of our personalities. Uh, just a, a quick word on uh, on the idea that we are resistant, but perhaps need to soften our hearts a little. I think that um, when challenges happen, that has a moistening effect. Let me say, um, maybe we just we, we're in a routine, we're going through the motions. Uh, all is well, and particularly in our Western culture, where comfort can sometimes be seen as a bit of a goal um, rather than the mission of the kingdom of God. And uh, I think that, um, I mean, there's whole books written about how to lead people through change and how to actually um, allow God to change us. Um, and I think, but a, a, a situation like this, where we are forced into unreal situations again, whether it's lockdown, quarantine, um, hearing you know fears, getting the scoreboard every day uh, in 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 um, news interviews and and uh, and press conferences, um, uh, I think that these types of situations can provide all of us, not just churches like Wendy said before, but us as individuals to really ask some hard questions about how we can lean in, build a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ ourselves and maybe step up into mission. Let me ask you about the idea of losing heart. And uh, you mentioned uh, in the first part of our segment, uh, you know, God is not so interested in our comfort. But we might actually read a scripture out of Second Corinthians that says that God is the Father, uh, he's the God of all comfort. But I'm sure that's not meaning that he's the God of the armchair and uh, the comfort of a nice uh, cushy pillow. Uh, that's not the sort of comfort you were talking about. I wonder if you've got any thoughts here on the fact that we can lose hearts because somehow or other we are not as comfortable as we were before. Yeah, indeed. Um, that. I think that this season 
um, the loss of heart and the way that um, the gospel writers and Paul frame that up, um, that, that, that's, it could have been written for today, Neil, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we, 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 we fortunately in this generation, we're much more mindful about our mental health. Um, and if ever a season stretched the mental health of individuals, and whether that is uh, stress, whether it's a feeling of isolation, um, whether it's anxiety or worry or, or, or concern or, or fear, um, I think that it's a wonderful thing to know that we've got a, a personal God through the power of the Holy Spirit that wants to comfort us, um, that wants to bring us a peace that um, the COVID world cannot give, if you if you uh, permit the license there. Um, and I think that so so in this season, I think that lots of people uh, there's a reset going on. There's a reset in their own thinking. There's a reset in the focus on their own uh, mental health. There's a reset on what's important from a relationship point of view um, and and taking some time. You know, I've heard, and probably you have too, Neil, lots of people talk about the fact that they walked their neighbourhoods for the first time in years, um, took the dog for a walk, met neighbours they'd never met. And I think there's a lot of people saying, hang on a minute, if that was COVID, that's not too bad. Now, I understand there's more than that and there are there's a downside. So I think that, that people are... Uh, 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 resetting lots of things in their life um, from their internal health, um, their mental health and their relational health. And so some of that's a really good thing. Let's stay on this idea of comfort for a few moments because there is a sense, and I don't think any listeners are going to disagree, because when we talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus, we're often the ones who are the messengers to bring God's love, to bring God's encouragement into the lives of others. And there's a certain sense in which if we're talking about people's well-being and uh, keeping our faith, uh, keeping all of the elements of our faith and what we want to do in serving God central, uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus is the way that God's comfort is delivered. What are your thoughts on this sort of thing here, Michael? I've got very definite thoughts on this. In fact, the verse of the day today um, that that was just brought to us a few moments ago, Acts 1.8, was always God's plan that you'll, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. Well, funny enough, the church never did that. They actually, rather than obey that sense of outward focus, they decided to stay in Jerusalem. Now, to be honest, that's that's akin to a lot of churches, particularly maybe, can I say, in the Western culture. And there's a lot of things that I don't know about what God's doing in the earth. But we, we, we do spend a fair bit of time. Before COVID, I was spending something like 220, 230 nights a year outside of Australia in both the developed and developing world. And uh, I, I, I understand the fact that it's very easy to become comfortable in our faith where a week weeks would go by without us even thinking about reaching out to anyone. And so we're not alone there. The early church were like that as well. And you move through Acts 1, 2, through to Acts chapter 8, and there is persecution that hits the church. So we've got Acts 1, 8, and then Acts 8, 1, 
where through this persecution, and again, I'm not in any way saying God sent the persecution to the church, but he certainly used it. Because what happened was, with that persecution, the church scattered. And when they scattered, they became, as you so beautifully put it, the hands, the voice, the ears, and the heart of Jesus, doing the thing that God always had in mind. And I think if I could, if I could pitch anything here um, as, a, as maybe a bit of a soapbox, it would be that as believers, you were never designed to sit in a pew. You, you were designed to do the work of the mission of God, to love people even when they're difficult to love, to comfort people even when uh, they, are, they are disturbed. And so we see that in the New Testament church. And I think COVID, though, if you can ex excuse me for stretching a long bow here, COVID is the thing that is causing us to maybe look outward in order to see how we were designed to be in the first place. And that is to be really carrying the mission of God's kingdom every single day. Well, listeners responding on our Facebook question today asking, how do you prayerfully and actively respond to the season of COVID changes in your local church? Well, Carolyn has responded. She says, my church keeps us connected online. We have two Sunday services and a meeting every Wednesday morning. We're limited to how many can participate, but the services are awesome. Uh, wonderful to hear from you, Carolyn. Then Jill, Jill Mary says, this is the church's responsibility we just need to follow. Uh, maybe we can pick up on that thought there just for a few moments, because there's a listener responding to that saying, well, I'm relying on the leaders to lead here rather than for me to be an agitator, perhaps to uh, try and make something change at leadership level. What are your thoughts here for this relationship between the person who sits in the pews and the person who's leading, if if there's a little bit of a disparity there and the leader's not doing as much as they perhaps could? I don't know of any leader. Great question, and thank you, Caroline, for the thought. I think I don't know of any pastor and again, we don't work with every pastor, but we work with hundreds, as you rightly said, who would resist one of their congregation members from praying more, from encouraging them and each other more, and from inviting people either to the online broadcast of their service or in-person gatherings. I don't know of any pastor that would uh, resist you from doing an act of kindness to someone that doesn't know Jesus or to really being that voice of encouragement in your workplace. Um, I think there's a whole lot of things we, we can do uh, that we don't need anyone's permission for. And if everyone starts to do more of that, you get a church that starts to move forward and start to look outward uh, to, to resonate more with what Christ always had in mind for his bride. I imagine that the church leader is looking around to see how everyone's going and uh, they're going to be adapting as to whether they're in rescue mode or whether they're in leadership mode. And uh, there's a certain sense in which uh, with our walk with Christ, if that's flimsy and we're being blown around by every wind, then the leaders are going to be focusing on uh, perhaps a rescue mission to get us all back on track. What we need to do is actually be on track and supportive of the leadership. What are your thoughts here? Uh, for how that should uh, perhaps be as a good right relationship. 
I think it's a great thought, Neil. I really do. I think that um, pressure doesn't doesn't do things to us so much as it reveals what's in us. And I think that this is a time when, as I speak to leaders, um, and now I've got the privilege of speaking to a bunch of uh, of your listeners, that many of whom may be congregation members, I think that there is that personal responsibility uh, to build an authentic, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and when you get a, a situation like we've been through, where there's been intense pressure from each side, it can be a revealer of how how we're doing in that endeavor. Now, not no condemnation. I'm not saying you're doing bad as a Christian, but but maybe there's a message here to you and a bit of a wake-up call that if you've been easily thrown by the circumstances, that, that if your day-to-day life is being dictated to by your emotions, uh, not uncommon, um, but but I found that if, if you, once you center your heart in this immovable, unshakable relationship with an amazing living God, then then your then your emotions will come into line with that. Um, in other words, let's bring our emotions down to the level of God's word or up to the level of God's word rather than bringing God's word down to the level of our emotions. I think many people have felt a real challenge about the depth and the and the genuine nature of their relationship with Christ not right now. And yes, I, no pastor is going to say, stop becoming more intimate with Jesus. Stop reading the Bible more or praying more. Uh, of course, that's how the body of Christ gets mobilized. Wonderful. Hey, we're talking about the implications of what has happened, uh, looking at things, how things are changing, how we make adaption to those things. Let's get into some uh, some of the ideas that, that you might be thinking of, not just survival mode, but actually flourishing. And so we want to innovate and do things a little differently. And as we heard a little bit earlier, you know, things changed in churches and, uh, you know, rearrange the seating. Hey, that's just a, that's ama- it's an amazing thing that some will be critical of and some will celebrate. So there's this idea of how you might innovate. But give us your thoughts here, Michael, on, on innovation as it works, uh, you know, for individual believers and perhaps as it works for the church as a machine. I think that um, I think I, I say this to leaders every chance I get. I say I say COVID has found you out as a leader, and I, I pause for effect. Um, you you helped pivot your church in the in the matter of three to four days from a a methodology that's been used for two thousand years to an online platform. That shows me that you're a better leader than often you give yourself credit for. Now. Take that leadership then out for a spin. Let's talk about congregation members. You've done remarkably well. You say, well, you, you don't know what's inside my head. You know, man, sometimes I really despair, but you, but you do, you've done great. Now take that out for a spin and, and, and maybe see this whole season rather than a, an interruption to your existing world, maybe as a disruption. And maybe this is going to be the very catalyst that'll cause you to dive deeper into the relationship with Christ. Maybe this is the very catalyst that'll cause you to say, you know what, I need to be better prepared in the marketplace. For some of you, you'll do a course. Someone else says, 
man, I've just been an attender at church for some time, but this has caused me to really dive deeper into our community to get into a small group, whether it's a virtual small group in Zoom or an in-person small group. Hey, rather than be a consumer of Christianity, I'm going to see this as a catalyst that I would be someone that would be willing to serve in my local church. I do believe this is a setup by God as people, all of us, take a reset moment in order for us to see innovation, not just for the church at, at large, but even for our lives personally. Uh, great thoughts. Don't leave this to be something that leaves you languishing. Take those opportunities for change now and make the most of it. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Jonathan is on the line from Perth in WA. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome. Yeah, hello, Neil. Jonathan, what are your thoughts yeah, today? Even, yes, even when I was in Africa, I, I believe in, I'm not against those who are many, the bigger churches, I'm not against them, but I believe one-to-one relationship with Christ. So I believe in minority, where few people get the gospel and spread it. So even in my church in WA, we are few, and probably 19 years, it affected many churches, but it never affected because we started it before, let's say almost two to three years before even the COVID-19 came. We are grouped. We divided in terms of whom. We have grouped everyone there. Once in a while, we all come together. So it was our routine. We used to do it, separate ourselves into groups. And because we want the gospel to go down deep, you know, when each group have relationship with God and the serving Christ the best way, they will influence the world. But when they will get thousands, you get two million that have no relationship with Christ. It's just a bunch of multitude come together to, to do their own thing. Jonathan, so great thoughts there. I'm not sure everyone's caught everything that you've shared there. But this idea of when you can gather together as a big group, that's all well and good. But if you're deepening your relationship with Christ, oftentimes that'll happen in a smaller group. And, uh, and sometimes this sort of face-to-face deepening of yeah. your understanding and relationship becomes very important. Michael, your thoughts for Jonathan? Uh, gr- Jonathan, great thought. I mean, I, I, I think we can celebrate both the gathered church because we see that in the, in the book of Acts where, where um, the, the early disciples would bring people to Jesus. They would say literally, come and see. And and someone brought the, the multitude to hear Jesus speak. So there is a celebration of of a gathering of larger groups. But I couldn't agree more that though in that larger group we can celebrate, we can worship, we can hear God's word, that it really does take a smaller context to to, to really be discipled. Um, and I think that's one of the awakenings and one of the, for some innovations, for some a revisit, um, the whole notion of small group ministry, uh, again, whether it's virtual groups in a Zoom format or some other or uh, an in-person context, um, I think the, the double punch of, and again, we see this in the book of Acts, they gathered in the temple and house to house. Um, and, uh, and I think that there's a re-emergence of small group ministry. Some choose to do that, uh, getting together as a larger group monthly, some weekly, uh, some less frequently than that. And yet still others, uh, it, there's certainly been a revisiting, a rediscovery of the power 
of small group ministry um, as a discipleship tool and community for believers. Jonathan, thank you so much for your call. And we'll put a line under calls now. Interesting to talk about small groups for a few moments because we've got discussion about uh, the biggest churches and everything in between right down to home groups. And there's research that would show that even before COVID, there were as many as 800,000 Australians who were meeting in home churches, uh, home-connected groups, and uh, really, really powerful. I suspect that number may have grown, and because they're not big gatherings, they don't get a big headline, but there's uh, certainly a a ground swell, a grassroots of Christian believers. What's your encouragement for people who can't get to a big church right now? There's still some lockdown circumstances around the country, but but, uh, Michael, your thoughts for people just getting connected wherever they can? I think you know you've, you've said it really. I think that uh, we we do we are designed for community. Um, God Himself, the very essence of the of the the tripartite being that He is, um, His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's this beautiful intimacy of community, even within the very nature and character of God. And and we understand that we need connection. It's been one of the great. Um, mental health issues when lockdowns occur and you can't meet with others. So I would say uh, wherever you are listening today, um, however you can engage in community, whether that's in small home groups, whether that's getting a couple of friends together to watch the broadcast of your church service on a Sunday morning over croissants and pancakes, whether that's um, virtually in a in a Zoom group connection with other people uh, that you relate to. Uh, the issue is not so much form and method. The issue is substance. And so I couldn't encourage you strongly enough to ensure that you are meeting together uh, and connecting with other believers. Because frankly, we, we are better together. It's not just a cliche. It, we are better together and we were designed for community and i think sometimes that's lost in our western culture where we tend to be way more individualistic than say uh in the in the european uh the middle eastern or the asian communities um who who've, who really do understand it seems to me uh the the great value of of community uh, and how there's a plurality there not just individuals Well, Michael, we have run out of time, but I do want to let listeners in on how they can connect with you because some might be able to say, well, uh, how do I make connection with Michael Murphy at The Leaderscape? Uh, Your website, The Leaderscape, and you're working with people around the world. I imagine that that people can connect with you in some ways here or find out more about what you're doing. If people go to your website, what will they see? Um, our website, we, we, we do, we certainly do have the website. Um, we, we do most of what we do because things are changing so much um, via our, our social media um, platforms uh, and our, our page uh, at Michael Leaderscape um, is, is our Facebook page. Um, we do mainly work with lead pastors. Uh, we have hundreds of lead pastors 
several hundred actually that we connect with every week. So we're probably not in a position to be able to help as many congregation members as we'd like to, but we we, we, we do that through helping lead pastors. Uh, so should your lead pastor, or if you are a lead pastor, uh, senior pastor, key elder, uh, bishop that is is listening today, and you would like to know more about how we may be able to help. Leaderscape's a non-profit. Uh, it's not my business. Uh, so we, we, we don't turn anyone away. We help everyone we possibly can, and probably 95 98% we do for total free. Um, and uh, so if you feel like your church needs a bit of a shot in the arm, uh, at Michael Leaderscape, just reach out to us, send us a direct message as a lead pastor, and we'll do everything we possibly can to help bring some insight and catalyze some fresh momentum with you and with partnering with God in this season. Michael, outstanding thoughts today and connecting everyone in church from the leaders right down to the people who feel a little bit insignificant and that inspiration uh, to just go that extra step further, to not be blown around by every wind but to have a reset moment and get before God and hear from Him what He might be saying in a time of change like this. That leaders that leaderscape website, theleaderscape.com, and on social media at Michael Leaderscape. And so leader theleaderscape.com uh, or at Michael Leaderscape. Uh, Michael Murphy, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on twenty twenty. Thanks for having us, Neil. Really enjoyed being with you and uh, engaging with some of your listeners. Uh, been a blessing. And uh, just pray that everyone keeps safe. And uh, most of all, just in the midst of whatever's going on, just draw closer to Jesus right now and see what he has to say about what he wants to do through this situation. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.